Off the Record, the weekly KOTO public affairs show that offers you, the listener, an opportunity to hear in-depth conversations on community topics and issues that matter. As always, you are encouraged to join the conversation by calling 728-4333. Now here's your host. Yes, good evening and welcome to Off the Record. I'm your host for tonight, Gavin McGough, and we are talking about uh, the Climate Action Plan with some folks who are working on the green energy transition in our region. Uh, so the Climate Action Plan, or CAP, as it's sometimes said in shorthand, lays out a pathway for a 90% reduction in greenhouse gas emissions in our area by 2050, over 2010 levels, I believe. So as you can imagine, that's a pretty dramatic reduction. It's going to involve big changes um, and what it looks like around here. So we're taking the hour um, to see where things stand and where we're headed next. Um, and I am very generously joined in studio um, by a whole panel of guests here. Zoe Denal is the assistant town manager for the town of Telluride and uh, is lead on town climate initiatives, as I understand. Do you want to say hello to uh, Coda listeners? Hello, everyone. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, we have a great team in the town of Telluride, but I'm glad to help execute our climate action plan and move us forward. We also have uh, Emma Girona in studios. Um, am I saying that all right? Yes, you are. Awesome. And Emma is uh, the lead at Eco Action Partners, which has been a big um, organization in putting all of this together. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to talk about the regional initiatives. Awesome. Thanks for being here. We have uh, from Mountain Village up the hill, J.D. Wise. Um, welcome. He is the Economic Development and Sustainability Director um, up in the village, and uh, I guess climate falls under that, the Climate Action Plan. Is that right? Absolutely. And uh, yeah, it's always a pleasure to be in the Purple House on Pine, and um, I'm, I'm here also representing Lauren Kern, our um, Sustainability Coordinator. Happens to be on on vacation, but I just want to recognize her right off the bat here. She's doing a lot of great work for us in Mountain Village. Awesome. And from the county, the Director of Natural Resources and Special Projects at San Miguel County, our very own uh, Star Jameson. Thanks for coming in. Um, thanks for inviting me here, and uh, I'm glad to be here and talk about our uh, regional um, initiatives that we have going with San Miguel County. Awesome. I also want to give a quick shout out to Kendra Held, who works at Eco Action Partners and did a lot of groundwork for um, this evening's show. Um, so thank you all so much for being here. And listeners, give us a call at 970-728-4333 to add your thoughts or questions on uh, anything related to the climate transition, the CAP as it's called, um, and other issues of that sort. So because this plan is really a joint effort between the different towns and counties in our area, I'd love to uh, just start off with each of you kind of going through and talking about um, kind of your own role, your municipality, your organization's role um, in this, and just sort of give us a picture of what you're focusing on right now um, as a way of kind of getting into this uh, this big issue, like what, what's your current mindset on kind of a major project? 
I can jump right in. Um, so EcoAction Partners back in 2009 formed the Sneffels Energy Board, um, which is a group of each of our government representatives, some staff and elected um, representatives, and then also other community groups that all come together to collaborate on climate-related work. And the Sneffels Energy Board is the entity that led the development of this plan um, and made sure that each of the governments were able to identify and um, include their different goals and priorities because we understand that each community is working on different projects. So that group is a really great opportunity to bring together those priorities and goals and understand where different governments have strengths and weaknesses and where we can collaborate and come together because we are so remote and so rural to make things happen that we wouldn't be able to do on our own. So that's our big focus right now at EcoAction Partners. We have these plans developed, they're in place, and now we're working on implementing and helping our governments and community partners come together where they can to work together and make this transition as efficient as possible. Yeah, I'll jump in uh, on the Town of Mountain Village side. Um, yeah, we're excited about all the collaboration happening right now in the region. I think it's really great that I feel like between all the government entities and with the help of EcoAction Partners, you know, we've got a lot of community and region-wide support. Um, for Mountain Village specifically, we um, did adopt our climate action plan in 2020. However, um, we are, are headed down the path of also um, implementing and adopting a climate action roadmap. So we have engaged a consultant to help with that, uh, to help with that work. Um, and we're getting rolling on that here in the coming months uh, with hopes of adopting that roadmap by the end of the year. So that is going to help us really uh, make sure that we're focused and setting uh, very measurable um, goals and interim goals that are gonna help us get to that ultimate um, carbon neutrality goal in 2050. So. Um, we're excited about that process, and in the meantime, we've got a lot of work um, going on with EV infrastructure and um, and building energy um, reduction and some incentive programs around that, which I'm sure we'll have a chance to, to talk about a little bit more. Yeah, I think that's, I'll, I'll tag on to that. Um, the town of Telluride adopted their climate action plan not too long ago, 2022, and to you know to jd's point really what the climate action plan is as we all can agree there's so much that can be done in the realm of environmental sustainability and greenhouse gas reduction so it's really hard to prioritize to stay organized to you know put it in layman's terms get the greatest bane for your buck in some of these um realms so the climate action plan is just a really good roadmap in some ways to make sure that you are prioritizing and moving in multiple directions at the same time. In no way are we tackling one project at a time because we would never reach our goals. So these great documents are give us the ability to, in our own municipalities, focus on what will make the greatest impact um, and get that low-hanging fruit, but also recognize the greatest places for collaboration. Um, so that's why it really is pretty spectacular in our time right now. We've had some great people that have been working, um, you know, in the sustainability realm for a long time. But I think our municipalities have really recognized individually as well as regionally the importance of this work. And we have a lot more resources to accomplish these goals now. So moving forward, I think there's a lot ahead of us. Um, but, you know, we're, we're doing 
a lot of affordable housing projects down here in Telluride that have um, net zero building. Not only does that reduce transportation emissions, um, you know, affordable housing within your municipality does a lot for in, in the environmental realm, but especially when you concentrate it on making that net zero build. Um, and it obviously this work goes well beyond all of us too, you know, with our energy partners regionally and um, so much beyond. So there, yeah, there's a lot of collaboration ahead of us that I'm, I'm excited for. At the county, um, the climate crisis that we're experiencing really threatens to degrade the quality of our life here and our residents um, from ranching and agricultural areas to our high alpine ski and tourism and economy. And so this regional cap, it's really our tool because the operations here, you know, at San Miguel County are perpetual. And we feel that it's common sense to invest in efficiency upgrades um, to reduce our greenhouse gas emissions and also create long-term savings um, for or of the taxpayers' funds. Mm. That's a great point, I think. Like, a lot of people are like, environmental efficiencies, but it's financially efficient, too, in a lot of ways. So I, I, I appreciate that point, too. And for some kind of perspective just on the technical aspects of the climate action plan, uh, are, all the th are all the different climate action plans, you know, were they, was it a custom process for each community? Um, and Emma, how broad is this jurisdiction that uh, the Sneffels Energy Board um, is casting its, its net over? Yeah, so the Sneffels Energy Board covers San Miguel and Uray counties. So it's covering eight different jurisdictions, um, and each, some of them do have their specific community-specific plans. Um, and the regional plan was not only meant to bring those together and, as I mentioned, look at collaboration and ways that we can support each other in these different goals, but also to bring those communities in that don't have the resources to develop their own plan and know that we have to work with them for our whole region to reach these larger goals of 90% reductions. Um, so it's looking at, yeah, the two counties and then each of the individual communities within that. Cool. And how, how um, what's the history of that effort? How long does that go back? And cl climate action plans in general, you know, are there a bunch in the state of Colorado? There are, and we were able to utilize a lot of them in order to develop our plan right now. We're really lucky to have great resources and great partnerships across the state. Um, the original climate action plan that we had in our region was um, called a sustainability action plan at the time, but was developed back in 2010 by the Snuffles Energy Board um, and was a decade-long plan. So this version of the CAP was the update to that original plan. Um, and we worked really closely with Aspen. We looked at plans from the Boulder and Front Range region. Um, we looked at Summit County plans and really were able to see what other resources were out there and what worked and what didn't for our region to make sure that this was something that was going to be used and be helpful for our government partners, our utility partners, and our community partners, and not just go through the planning process and have it sit on the shelf. So um, yeah, we were grateful for what's already happened at the state level and at other communities to use that for our own advantage. Yeah, and I, I think I kicked off the hour by saying uh, it was a 90% reduction by 2050. Um, is that correct? And what are some of the other staples of the overarching climate action plan and then if some of um, the specific municipalities feel free to jump in if you have tailored yours for a specific focus I would be curious about that 
Yeah, so the big goal is 90% by 2050, and then we do have more specific goals with each sector, um, looking at more specific actions, and there are 74 of them in the regional plan, so I won't get into every detail. Um, but for each of those, we looked at the specific greenhouse gas emission reduction potential, um, and as was mentioned, the other economic and social benefits that come with those actions to really tailor those goals to what we're looking at doing and accomplishing in our communities. Um, well moving ourselves towards that bigger 90% goal and the actions in this plan are within a 10-year frame so we will be updating this document before we reach that 2050 goal mm -hmm. but making sure that we're moving in the right direction to be able to reach that yeah I think that's a good point that these are living documents just with new technologies and I mean it's an evolving science so it's always important to to make sure you are able to evolve with that um, the town of Telluride has, you know, this has been a lengthy process too with a lot of community input. Um, Karen Guglielmoni was really the the lead person on this. So I'm so appreciative of her work um, and our council for putting this all together. I think the biggest difference, not difference, but I think how it works together, um, the regional and our community one, is ours is just a little bit more specific to our community. Um, we just did a great kind of comparison between how our climate action plan falls within the regional climate action plan. And it just, it provides a little bit more detail and direction for specifically the town of Telluride and then goes beyond. Um, the town of Telluride actually adapted a little bit more of an aggressive um, goal um, wanted to do 70% reduction based off of 2010 levels by 2030 and 95 by 2040. So with that, um, you know, we're, we're trying to do a lot more with um, our efforts, but it only works if we're doing regionally, I mean, and beyond. So a part of our climate action plan is even lobbying, excuse me, lobbying um, for changes beyond our control. Um, because those are some of the bigger contributors of, of greenhouse gas emissions. So no matter what we do here in our community, it still goes beyond what we can do. So, Yeah, I think to add to you know some of Zoe's comments, I think that in, in Mountain Village, I, we feel the same way. I think that it's, um, again, it's, it's a wonderful thing that we're working so collaboratively, and yet um, while we're all essentially working towards the same goals and we are going to be tackling a lot of the same things like there are some unique you know there's some uniqueness to our communities and some um you know some different ways that we may need to approach specific um items and actions and uh you know i think for mountain village one that pops into my mind is that we in mountain village have a lot of the larger buildings in the region and so that presents a unique challenge um to us that we are going to you know have to focus on um and be more specific around and so you know i like to think of our our climate action plan and our, our roadmap as, as complementary to you know the same um the climate action plans of our our partners at san miguel county um we also took a little bit more of an aggressive stance um whereas the regional plan um, which encompasses all of the municipalities um, within San Miguel County, um, the regional plan aligns with the Colorado goals. And so um, in February, the county commissioners um, adopted the regional plan, 
which aligns with the Colorado greenhouse gas emission goals. And we went um, as far as reducing greenhouse gas 26% by 2010, or by 2010 levels by 2025, 50% by 2030, and 100% by 2040. So we've got a lot of work to do to to try to um, meet those goals. And we work with Eco Action Partners um, who are helping us track our um, fuels um, with our fleet vehicles. And we also work with Eco Action Partners on an EV readiness plan, which will be completed this year. Um, and that is a big part of our goal for transportation um, and our greenhouse gas reduction goal. That's a great point because we are you know I think we're all working with uh, Eco Action Partners for the EV transition plan um, which is a big part for our community the town has created a specific one for our municipal transportation as well because um, that's a big part of course with the galloping goose so yeah the future is definitely electric and again with that then we have to make sure we have the sustainable infrastructure to support that and um, you know it goes that trickle effect that goes outside of our region. So it, collaboration really is the key. <laughs> uh, so we've heard mention of EVs and, and buildings. Um, are there other specifics in kind of your climate action plan, you know, not going into all of them, but, you know, wanting to kind of mention just to paint the picture um, for listeners of just all the different categories of life and, and and infrastructure here that could and will need to change yeah so the regional climate action plan covers eight different sectors it's our energy supply building energy use um, community engagement and policy what transportation which includes both aviation and on the ground transportation waste food water and land so it's a broad expanse of actions and there are so many ways to get involved in it because of that um, so we work with some organizations that are only focused on water and they were involved in the planning process for that sector even though they might not be influencing some of the building energy use actions. Um, so it's really exciting for that reason because there's a lot of different ways to get involved and um, focus on your passion areas or what your expertise is without necessarily needing to participate in the whole plan. Um, but there are big objectives for each of those sectors that are both our regional plans and each of the jurisdiction specific plans are focused on. I think participation was a great point there. You know, I know the town of Telluride is lucky enough to have the Ecology Commission and they really help broaden the bench of, um, you know, helping us execute some of these things, but also just helping educate because education is a big piece too. I mean, even if we were to focus on something small like we talked about waste people do not know how to throw away their trash properly and you know what is recyclable what can you compost film uh, plastic film um and we you know the municipalities themselves you know when you talk about what why it's important to have individual climate action plans as well you know we have control over our policy here um ordinances and things like that you know we've been lucky enough to have banned plastic bags we're now going a step further in the town of telluride to ban um you know takeaway plastics and takeaway containers um single use you know really that term of single use plastics so soon you will not be able to go to a restaurant and get like a plastic fork um, but with that 
everything is connected in these plans as well. So if you're going to make it, you, you know, you can't have plastic anymore. All right, what's the alternative? It's either you're going to have reusable stuff, so you have to make sure you have good water infrastructure for, for washing that, or it's going to be compost, compostable. Do we have a good way of getting rid of our compost? And that's something that we are all regionally working on because we don't have um, a compost waste hauler yet um, that can take the capacity of an entire region. So, so many of these things are connected to, to move forward. All right, awesome. Um, you are tuned in to KOTO Telluride, and we are talking about the Climate Action Plan this evening. Uh, we're going to take a quick break and be right back, but as usual, give us a call. It's off the record. Our number is 970-728-4333. You don't know what you've got till it's gone. They paid paradise, put up a parking lot. They took all the trees, put them in a tree museum. And they charged the people a dollar and a half just to see them. Seem to go that you don't know what you've got till it's gone. They pay paradise, put up a parking lot. Hey, farmer, farmer, put away the DDT now. Give me spots on my apples, or leave me the birds and the bees. Please don't it always seem to go. That you don't know what you've got till it's gone They pay paradise, put up a parking lot Late last night, I heard the screen door slam And a big yellow taxi took away my old man Don't it always seem to go that you don't know what you've got till it's gone They pay paradise, put up a parking lot I said, don't it always seem to go That you don't know what you've got till it's gone They pay paradise, put up a parking lot They pay paradise, put up a parking lot <laughs> you are tuned into KOTO Telluride. This is Off the Record, and we are talking about the Climate Action Plan this evening. And I am lucky to be joined in studios by um, Zoe Denal from the town of Telluride, Emma Drona from Eco Action Partners, JD Wise uh, up from Mount, down from Mountain Village, and Star Jameson from uh, San Miguel County. Um, so we've, we've kind of touched on the s uh, staples or the basics of what a climate action plan is and entails. Um, 
And, you know, I'm kind of interested in, in some of these quote-unquote low-hanging fruit. Um, some of the things that either feel doable right now, today, um, for these, your different municipalities. Um, and, and also maybe, you know, projects that are, that are kind of uh, underway right now, if, if anything comes to mind. At um, San Miguel County, today we are finishing our energy efficiency project. That's been a two-year project, 2021, 20, well, actually we're going into year three. <laughs> and uh, we are finishing our energy upgrades um, for our county facilities. Um, we, um, we just replaced windows um, in the one of our county facilities here in Telluride, and we upgraded our lighting. We put solar on um, five county buildings. We also, um, with the solar in our two sheriff's um, offices, we've, we have microgrids. Um, so we really wanted to set an example. Um, we put um, solar on the county courthouse um, just last year. Um, and so we really just want to um, set an example for the county, the communities, on what's doable. And um, I will say too, and we may get into this later, um, with the Town of Mountain Village, we worked with Solar United neighbors um, on some incentives um, for the community to all start thinking about including solar um, on their residences. So we offered rebates as well as the Town of Mountain Village for the, for, um, private residential solar systems. And, oh, sorry, I just want to build off of that, talking about incentives and rebates. I mean, we're really fortunate in this area to have SMPA as our utility provider, and they have a really robust rebate system um, for both efficiency measures and for renewable projects. So definitely check it out. There's a lot of money out there to help fund some of these projects. And um, we're also seeing a lot more funding coming down from the federal government from the IRA funding. So there are there are support systems out there to make it a lot more economically viable and beneficial to pursue some of these efficiency measures. Yeah, and I just would add, I think, you know, in Mountain Village, we've definitely seen the the fruits of our labor in terms of some of these incentive programs. I think that we've had a lot of support from our community and, and put together a lot of um, meaningful incentives um, for folks to be able to take action and make some, you know, again, meaningful improvements on their on their properties. So Star mentioned the solar energy incentive program. Um, that's been a really great program and we've had a number of participants um, take advantage of that and we are also this year just getting ready to launch I believe we'll actually launch this week our uh, building energy incentive program um, so for Mountain Village residents and businesses um, they are eligible for up to a $5,000 rebate um, for taking action on um, building energy um, sustainability projects so one of the stipulations of that program is that they do have to perform an energy audit and and um, per, and move forward with one of the recommendations that comes from that audit. So we're really trying to tailor our programs again to make meaningful changes, and I, I think that was uh, you know having this audit component as well I think is important to um, really identify uh, these areas that are going to make a significant or an impactful difference to um, someone's home or, or business. 
I always think it's good to give kudos to your neighbors, but San Miguel County and what they did with their municipal buildings has really become a poster child for um, making those big changes and, and getting you got federal and their state dollars to do so and that support is because they had a really amazing project to bring to you know these funding sources and uh, really if you if you go into some of these discussions it's San Miguel County is really the poster child and um, and you know going on with Mountain Village too a big part of the sustainability realm is that it can be inequitable that some of the people that um, are gonna have the hardest barriers to entry like buy a you know get solar on your house or get an EV car or some of these things that we really as a community need to move forward together not everyone can afford to do that and um, you know one thing that I know Mountain Village did for their solar program is that they it was tiered toward um, people that lived in deed restricted housing got more money than those that did not and yeah that's yeah. right yeah, yeah. And uh, so I think those are some really amazing um, things that our community members have done. So kudos to you. And for the town of Telluride, you know, we have our amazing Green Grants program, which is very broad. And it, it those funds are available for people to accomplish a lot of our climate action goals. So we haven't gone the route of specific incentives for different actions, but we have a pool of money. So if people want to retrofit their house, they can or you know, purchase um, EV infrastructure. Lots of different options are available as long as it goes toward um, uh, advancing our climate action plan priorities. So we're really excited for this year. We're redoing the application to make it a little bit easier for people. But with, you know, tagging on to what Emma said, these pools of money that our communities have, that our, you know, regional energy partners have, the state has, federal government, there's so much out there now that it's great that everyone is seeing that we all need help in pushing this forward and it not anyone can do it alone, but everybody needs to do it. So we're here to support you. And we also recognize that the state and federal applications can be complicated and challenging for folks. So uh, don't hesitate to reach out to us at Eco Action Partners and we're happy to help walk you through those resources and where to find them and how to begin that application process because we understand that it can be challenging if you're not familiar with those forms. Yeah, and there's been kind of a shout out to federal funding and a mention of the IRA, which is the Inflation Reduction Act, um, which was, I believe, the most major funding source for a green energy transition that has yet come about. There's also other pandemic funding, such as the IIJA, which is the infrastructure bill. Um, are, uh, I, the, other, the other piece that I'll throw out there is a composting grant. I believe that the county has recently received. Star, if you want to... Um, talk about that at all but these are all some kind of big picture funding mechanisms that I'm curious about and and how the they might have a trickle-down effect yeah just to start off with the um, the composting grant we were awarded from the Department of Agriculture um, to support the development of composting and food waste diversion program um, so Chris Medry has really been leading out this program and um, just something that he has stated is public engagement is key because we all produce food and waste and we could all benefit from a finished product. Um, so we're really just a small county um, with a chance to build something that works for everyone from residents to ag producers and business owners, arborists and visitors. 
So that's a huge part of this grant is um, public engagement and participation. It includes education sessions, business development workshops, and ongoing opportunities for commentary and input. Um, for um, I think Chris just actually put out an online survey, and he also um, put uh, there was a uh, listening session at the Mountain Film just this past week. Um, where he was talking a lot about this. So San Miguel County, you know, applied for this grant and received it um, to really start a, a larger program like this as um, Zoe was mentioning earlier how much that this is needed, you know, in our, um, we have so much waste and this would be just one part of it to contribute and to work collaboratively. Yeah, a lot of our neighboring municipalities that have larger infrastructure just because they're closer to bigger cities or more transportation hubs like this is a very unique challenge for our mountain town just because we are so far from where our waste goes which is Montrose and Nucla um, so <laughs> anyway having something closer is really important but a lot of people are doing this pay-as-you-throw idea meaning that like compost is less the most inexpensive and then goes recycling and then trash is the most expensive so it really encourages people to have less trash because again this financial efficiency is so tied with it but we just don't have the infrastructure to support those kind of of programs so we're we're definitely working with our regional waste haulers and and other pieces to to um develop these kind of infrastructure pieces yeah, and I think it's, I mean, I can't overstate how exciting it is that San Miguel County was awarded this grant. I mean, I think in my time in the community, it has felt in some ways like composting was this, you know, this distant thing and this hard problem and this hard nut to crack. And it, it is still all of those things, um, but it feels like we're really at a point, at, at a tipping point where, you know, through the help of, of this grant and, and San Miguel County's work, um, as well as you know some the work that I know all of our individual organizations are working on um, it feels really exciting to me that we are I think knocking on the door of really some meaningful solutions and um, and I yeah I can't wait to get some of these things off the ground um, in terms of kind of being out uh, amongst I mean they're not actually your constituents you're kind of because you're not elected officials, you're on the side of the staff, but um, there is an important aspect of kind of individual incentive, as you've mentioned, Zoe, um, and also individual action, kind of amongst um, the residents of your different municipalities. Does the climate action plan feel like a priority for people? Um, is public education going to be a big aspect of the rollout here? Um, and how do those priorities fit into your work? I think a good like starting point for this conversation is to first understand, obviously, the nature of our community. We are a tourism economy, so we really love our locals, and so many people have such a passion for the environment. Um, we live here because of it, and because of that, they have, there's a level of respect. So yes, education is important, but really, the tourists too. You know, figuring out ways to um, help people adapt their behavior to our goals when they come here is a really big piece. Um, I know there was a waste study done not that long ago that I, I'd love for Emma to talk about that really kind of shows 
that exact point and the work that we have to do there. Yeah, uh, thank you for mentioning that. I mean, it's a really big challenge in our area, even just getting communication out to these folks who are coming from areas where different things are recyclable or they're not. and having them act in the way that locals would like to. But we partnered with the EPA on a waste study um, this winter that has been going on for five years now. It's been delayed quite a bit because of COVID, but looking um, over time at the way folks are behaving in regards to waste at short-term rentals and at hotel properties um, and looking at what they're throwing out and then implementing behavioral changes and understanding if that makes a difference and if they're listening to better signage and better education materials that we're able to provide. And um, I mean, it's fascinating to see how much tourists are throwing out of brand new ski boots that they bought and used for a week and just threw in the trash can instead of even leaving in their hotel room for someone to take. Or the free box. Or the free box. Like there's so many other places for these things to go and really useful gear and money and food that could be taken from hotel staff and um so really disappointing to see how that study turned out in a lot of ways but it also created a lot of opportunities um to understand what types of education we need to better the short-term rental and hotel um waste education right and also kind of the realization that um you really have to give people the resources Mm -hmm. if you want them to you know, it has to it has to be easy and to be green. <laughs> um, there actually is not to plug Kodo News, but there is a news story on that EPA study. If listeners are curious, um, it's it's online. It's a very interesting study. I believe they're awaiting the second round of results, so we'll uh, kind of know more on what sort of interventions might be possible or fruitful. Um, so that's cool as well. So with that, you know, something that we're collaborating on with the, the tel- town of Telluride and the town of Mountain Village understand um, that we do. We need to make it easy. We need to make it fun. And we need to make it part of the experience of traveling here. So we've launched this campaign that has been around for a while. And we're just kind of revamping it, which is called Live Like a Local. And it really highlights a lot of these, like, easy, quick pieces that they can all do. Like, don't idle turn your car off it's amazing how many people do it but it's a very much a cultural thing so one of the key points that we have is you know no idling it's also illegal and you can get a ticket for it um but like have a water bottle um you know reduce your plastics be bear aware fog turn off the lights yeah (laughs) there's a lot of them out there but all of these things that feel like second nature behavior are really huge cultural shifts for the people who are asking to be here so we're gonna have this stuff like plastered everywhere but hopefully we're gonna partner with our lodging partners and have it in every um welcome book and you know things along these lines and it, they're fun little icons that hopefully people can remember and um and yeah again like make it part of that that experience of coming here yeah the educational component you know of, of all of these efforts is is huge obviously you know I think that the more that we can um, help educate our community members as well as our tourists I mean that's going to be a constant challenge I think that we recognize that but you know I think that that type of um, work happens slowly but you know the more that we can kind of create a culture around that and uh, I you know I like to believe that I, th- I think a lot of our visitors pick up on that culture when they come here and that's um, in a lot of a lot of instances maybe even part of the reason that they come here and, and visit us and so 
um, you know, I think every opportunity that we have to get the word out about these different initiatives and be creative in ways that we can talk to our community members and guests is all just kind of pushing us in that direction. And, um, you know, it's gonna, it'll continue to be a challenge and a slow roll, but I think that um, piece by piece, it'll be impactful. And I just wanna say a big thank you to all of our community that help with that communication piece, because um, I think like, you know, when you go to a restaurant and let's say they don't have plastic anymore, that can be maybe a shock to someone that's not used to that, but the people, the servers there help educate them or, you know, the business owners, it really, it takes a village or it takes a community to make a shift. And we're grateful that everybody is doing their part in helping educate each other and our visitors. Um, so we've talked a little about tourism. There's also been mentions of sort of our isolated and we're all nature. Uh, are there other things that stand out um, either for the region as a whole or for your specific municipalities that feel like challenges um, or on the other side that feel like strength and you're like you know we're Telluride like we got this or we're Mountain Village we're really on top of this piece of it um, because uh, you know of whatever aspect yeah I mean I, I think you know to tag on a, a point that Zoe made earlier I mean I think that San Miguel County has been a great example in, in instituting, you know, solar on their municipal buildings. That's something that we're all working towards as well. Um, you know, I do think that one of the strengths of our community is that we do have a lot of support um, from a financial point of view, just from a philosophical um, point of view. I feel like we are really supported by our council in Mountain Village and our community to really be uh, making these efforts a priority um, I think on the challenges front I mean there's there's a lot of challenges I think that you know we're we're getting through a lot of the low-hanging fruit which means a lot of these next steps are going to be challenging to figure out I think for Mountain Village in particular you know we mentioned um, buildings in general and how the, those are by and large our largest um, greenhouse gas emissions producers and the fact that we have large buildings in Mountain Village is going to be a challenge when we talk about, you know, really expensive projects, to be frank, in trying to do large-scale retrofits um, on existing buildings. You know, there's a lot of progress we can make on the front end with um, building code changes and things like that, but there, you know, we're going to have to face this issue of um, emissions in these older, larger buildings, and that you know, I, I don't know what the answer is there yet. It's going to be challenging um, and large in part because it's going to be really expensive. And so, you know, we're thinking creatively around that and, and certainly trying to um, tap into all the resources that are available, some of these funding mechanisms you mentioned, um, as well as others, uh, to try to make that as easy as possible and, and tip the needle from a, an economic perspective too. And I'll just tag off of that because when you talk about old buildings, talk about a National Historic District. And I think all of us, our biggest um, weakness wasn't the word, but issues that we're dealing with is going to be around buildings. So especially the retrofitting side. I think as we look toward the future and new buildings, you know, all of us are aligning on the 2024 building codes and, you know, working beyond that to enhance our green building codes as well. And that really helps set the path forward and our expectations for what new buildings are going to require that fit, you know, within our climate action plan and those goals so that we don't have to 
hopefully retrofit too much in the future. Of course, with new technologies, who knows what's going to happen. But um, yeah, I think retrofitting will be the biggest pain point for all of us. One of, I think, Telluride's strengths, of course, is, you know, we are well known for our open space. Um, a long time ago, our council and our community decided that they wanted to prioritize open space, which is a huge um, aspect of environmental sustainability. And we are still doing so today, um, even though we just paid off our um, debt on the valley floor, which is a huge accomplishment. Um, we are still going to be contributing some of those um that 20% of all of our um, municipal funds went toward that project and now we have that money free but we're still going to allocate some of that money to open space which is amazing um, but yeah there's there's so much um, more that each of us can talk about I would say um, for San Miguel County one of the strengths um, is certainly our commissioners in the values um, and how they support this climate action plan they support sustainability um, and just their their overall um, values towards the things we're talking about tonight um, and I would say the challenge um, as we've been overcoming now the the building challenges is probably transportation um, you know people coming from all over to work um, or having the difficulty to find employees to come and work for the county or, or the different municipalities and our car dependency and um, with this EV readiness plan you know we're working through that to to move the needle forward on fleet vehicles um, to work on car sharing um, and using EV um, e-bikes possibly piloting e-bike programs and really with all of our affordable housing like how are we going to get people back into these communities um, if we are pushing them outside the communities and how are we going to do that and so um, the state's actually offering um, and Sampa e-bike um, e-bike rebates and incentives that are actually coming out here pretty soon um, so hopefully um, people can take advantage of those um, we have visitors that come here into Telluride um, that are all car dependent as well um, so I, I think that's a huge challenge throughout the county um, that we face and we're working through as well and I I do want to just give the region as a whole a pat on the back for the level of collaboration. I think it's a really big strength and the more that we get involved and participate in both statewide and national groups that are working on these challenges, the more we realize how special it is to have all of our government entities working together on a lot of these challenges. We don't really have, you know, a lot of other communities who are working as a region in that way and I think it's so important for our remote area and also really special because it's moving the needle a lot more than we would be on our own and I think it's a huge strength. And I'd be remiss if we didn't talk about SMART or San Miguel Regional Transit for uh, I'll mix that up but anyway. <laughs> Smart uh, and all they're doing too as our regional transportation provider. Um, David and his team are doing fantastic work of really trying to reduce the amount of single car traffic and supporting our community. Again, bringing it back to that equity piece too of, you know, if we want to move the needle forward, public transportation is a big piece of that. And I know he's looking into his EV um, transition plan as well. So, very grateful to have him as a partner in all of this. Yeah, Smart's doing a lot of great things. I would be remiss not to mention the gondola, which <laughs> is obviously um, 
a huge part of all of our lives here in the region, but uh, while it's a beautiful way to get from point A to point B, it obviously keeps a lot of cars off the road as well. And so um, it's a huge asset, I feel like, to our community as well in, in terms of reducing car traffic. There's also, in addition to um, kind of the hard infrastructure pieces, there is sort of the um, policy readiness side um, and making sure that all kind of documents are up to date. Like, for example, the county uh, had to issue a moratorium on new solar developments in order to review its land use code, um, which I know was, you know, a commissioner decision um, in order to kind of take a step back and buy time to make sure that things were done. Um, you know, the, the, the proper rules were in place, um, but are you addressing kind of some of those softer um, policy issues or is that all sort of within the climate action plan itself? No, yeah, that, I guess, is it in the climate action plan? Maybe it says like broadly, policy pieces but no it's very much part of our everyday lives of of updating policies i mean we just changed the town of telluride has changed a number of things within the last couple of months to that point and it's now just having a lens of of making sure any policy discussion now has an environmental aspect um so you know we just changed our landscaping guidelines to try to reduce um uh, water usage within our town. Um, we looked at our uh, what's called PUD developments that now incorporate as a public benefit some of these sustainability pieces. Um, so it's just a new lens in all of our policy decisions that we are I think all individually taking um, for each municipality. And in developing the Regional Climate Action Plan, we very intentionally put climate, uh, community engagement and policy as the first sector because we recognize how important it is across all of this work and how it's going to be that lens that we need to utilize to move a lot of this change. So we really wanted that to be the first set of actions that folks are seeing um, of understanding how we can utilize policy um, to our advantage as we take on a lot of these projects. You know, and Zoe mentioned um policy in general a little bit earlier as well and uh, I think you know it's also worth mentioning that all of our organizations are members of the Colorado Communities for Climate Action and uh, we'll, a few of us will be headed to, to Vail this week to participate in their annual meeting. We're going to take a call real quick. Hey there, you're live on Kodo. Hi. Um, I had a quick question. Uh, I'm really like the idea of uh of solar and and electric vehicles um i wonder if there's somewhere people can learn more about how to compare for instance if there's solar panels on the courthouse how much electricity that's used in a day at the courthouse is supplied by the solar panels compared to the coal plants or whatever else is giving power. And also, you know, how you could try to research and how um, an electric vehicle is, is that much better than using gasoline. Um, seeing how you still have to burn coal or make solar. Um, is there a good resource to, to learn more about that side of it? 
Awesome. Thanks for the question, and uh, we'll see what our panel has to say. <laughs> Thanks for calling in. Thank you. Yeah, so I do want to give a shout out to SMPA Smart Hub System. Um, they do have a platform where you can look at your utility and kind of break down how it's being utilized, and they're working on improving that always in terms of the level of data that you can use, um, especially as we're looking at this EV transition of understanding um, what your EV is using in terms of your electricity versus your other appliances. So those are exciting changes hopefully to come in that system, but as of right now, you can look at your utility bill and um, see what's being offset if you're using solar or what you're using and how much and how that's changing um, both month after month and year after year. So it's a really fun platform to mess around with and I think overall just generally so each municipality and so each community each municipality each community and the region as a whole does a greenhouse gas emission inventory um, so what that means is we look at all these sectors like electricity like transportation um, things along those lines and calculate our greenhouse gas emissions associated for that on those different levels. So again, municipality, municipal would be municipal operations, community would be within the region of Telluride and regional would be, you know, the entire San Miguel um, region. And so we're able to look year over year, we are comparing it to 2010 baselines um, for our goals, but we look at it year over year and see how we are moving the needle. So maybe we won't be able to tell specifically about your individual car, but if we pass a policy or provide an incentive for more EV cars and we see more EV cars and we recognize that our um, greenhouse gas emissions in the transportation sector goes down, we can kind of correlate that that is making a difference. And part of that inventory is tracking the amount of our energy supply that comes from renewables versus fossil fuel from both SMPA and Tri-State um, and understanding how that impacts each of these individual sectors. And it's newer within the last couple of years that it is beneficial to switch from fossil fuel use to um, electric supply because we now have almost 40% renewables in our supply mix. So um, we're keeping an eye on those numbers and it is beneficial for our region to be transitioning to EVs, to be transitioning to electric appliances, to electric heat pumps. Um, and that's really exciting to see because it means we can push the needle forward on that. Oh, that's super interesting. I think I'd just add to, you know, Star mentioned microgrids earlier, and I think um, when talking about solar projects and site-specific solar projects, you know, I know we're all working on ways to incorporate battery storage where it's appropriate, um, and being able to really uh, store that energy that's produced by those solar panels and then use it when you need it. So obviously, you know, those solar systems are generating a lot of energy during the day, and if there's not a way to store that energy, um, they're not generating as much in the afternoon and evening when, um, you know, many of us are getting home from work and, and using a lot of energy or perhaps charging an EV. Um, and so I think that's an, another piece that I'm personally excited about and I, I know that we're all working on is incorporating more and more battery storage um, so that we really can utilize that renewable energy that's being produced. And I would encourage everybody to attend SMPA's annual meeting. It's on Thursday evening. Um, it's in person at their office, but there's also a Zoom option. You can find it on their website, but they're going to be talking about all of that. And SMPA is going to be a huge part of this transition and how they're charging for electricity and if it's more expensive at certain times of day when we're needing it more. So um, that will all be discussed on Thursday evening. Oh, you have another call here. Oh, we missed you. Give us, a, give us a try again if you want to get in that last minute question. Sorry, Emma. No worries. 
Um, all right, we are just closing out the hour talking about all things Climate Action Plan. Um, joining me in studio is Zoe Denall from the town of Telluride, J.D. Wise from the town of Mountain Village, Emma Girona from Eco Action Partners, and Star Jameson from San Miguel County. Um, I would love to hear from you all um, just as kind of some closing thoughts. What is a message to listeners on um, this issue? How can they get involved? How can they uh, stay purposeful and hopeful in a period that is going to require some sort of resilience um, for our communities, you know, given, given the climate situation? Do you have any soothing words? I think the best way to get involved is to make sure that you are staying top of all of our communications. Oh, they're calling back. Oh, they're back. calling back. It was a burning question. All right. Perfect. Hey there, you're live on Kodo. Yeah, you guys are great. Great conversation. I'm glad you guys are approaching this, but the thing is, is there's got to be a balance. Everything has to go. We're, we're not going to get rid of plastics. We're not going to get rid of, of carbon. I mean, we got in a way that we got to deal with it. Um, even just mining the stuff we mine to do solar panels and batteries is, you know, still mining. So I, I think we need to reach an, an area of of balance. Um, fossil fuels are what they are. Uh, people have been, I mean, since tar pit times, cavemen have been burning tar. So. Uh, I mean, it's like I don't know, uh, but, uh, but the thing is, it's like we've abused the situation. I do, I, I do know, I, I, I'm, I'm on the side, but like, it's all going to take a balance. But have a good one. Awesome. Thanks for your perspective. Um, and yeah, you know, I believe that was more of a comment. But um, if you all have any, uh, you know, kind of reflections on. Um, that you're welcome to add them as well. Um, or we can just go back to talking about how to get involved. <laughs> yeah, no, I think a balance is a, a great term there. Um, you know, everything takes time and we need to balance realities of, you know, our expectations and the resources that we have to accomplish some of these goals. You know, there are the saying for municipalities is you can change things with a carrot or a stick, meaning like you can help incentivize people for changing their um, behavior or, you know, providing resources for them to do so, or you can make it a law and force them to do it. That usually doesn't work out that well. So there is definitely like a balance of this transition um, for the future. And I think we've talked about the word roadmap a lot this evening of understanding what needs to happen first, second, and third, and understanding that there will be technology advances and will be changes in culture and incentives that are out there, and understanding what we should prioritize right now with the technology we have today versus what projects are happening in that seven to ten year timeline. Yeah, I mean, I also like the term of, of balance. I think that, um, you know, these are are big efforts and they are big changes and it is going to take it's going to be a, a, a process but um, you know I believe that uh, that we can get there I believe that we can get there with the um, you know with the help of our communities and and being um, purposeful in these actions um, you know it is it is going to be a process that takes time it's obviously not going to happen overnight but um, you know I, I believe there is a balanced way for us to get there yeah, and I think um, 
you know, we've been doing business a certain way for a really long time, and change is really difficult for a lot of us, a lot of people, and um, and it almost feels like this is an instantaneous change. And um, you know, at the county we work, we follow policies, and you know, really we're following what the state is really coming down on all of us to to mandate and to help in the collaboration and the larger effort of reducing greenhouse gas emissions. And so we're all doing our part here and, and this is part of like, you know, being in the state of Colorado and mm-hmm. and um, and all working together to achieve the goals that, you know, from the larger policies that are coming down on us. And I think just my final plug before we end is to ask everyone to follow eco action partners and get on their communication and newsletter the town of telluride get on our communication newsletter follow our social mountain village san miguel county um so that you are up to date on a lot of these policy changes or incentives or just things that are going on in this realm and beyond all right thank you all so much for joining us this evening on off the record um we've been talking about all things climate action plan uh, listeners, stick tight. It is 7 p.m. You are tuned into KOTO Telluride. Next up, we have Rock and Rob, followed by On a Silver Platter with DJ Sterling at 9 p.m. to take us into uh, this monsoon evening, it seems like. Um, all right. Thank you for listening uh, to this week's Off the Record. Thanks for listening to Off the Record. Opinions expressed on this show are those of our guests. Join us again next week for another installment. And in the meantime, drop us a line at news at koto.org with feedback and ideas. Oh, you, you, you.